You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Worship. It's so awesome to be with family again today. Amen. Amen. Who feels happy this morning? Glad. Glad. Who feels joyful this morning? Come on, Eddie. Who feels fired up this morning? You're going to get a woo. You're going to get a glory. Glory. You're going to get a hallelujah. You're going to get amen. Amen. It's a word of prayer. Thank you so much that we can say glory to you, Father. Thank you so much for every single person seated in this room right now. Father, it is an honor to have life. Life that comes only from you and you alone, God. I'm so privileged, God, to even stand here and speak to your people. I am unworthy. I'm a man, Lord God, who has sinned my way to the very half of my life, God. And then you called me of darkness and said, hey, tell me what, get out of there. Mm. You told me to change my life, God. And I did. And you know, I want to use me to speak to your people, Father. Father, there's nothing I've done to deserve this. Nothing anyone has done to be in this room, God. But all it's because of your love. Your son, Jesus, who died for every single soul on this earth. Those who were born already. Those who are to be born, and those who continue to be born in this earth. Mm. Thank you so much, God. Father, I pray this afternoon, this morning, is that you please speak to your people, God. Mm-hmm. Change the hearts of everyone here today, God. Let us leave here as changed men and as changed women, God. That our hearts will be full of your dreams. That our minds will be full of your dreams. That our souls will be alive in your dream, Father. That our physical strength will be about you, God. I pray, God, that we fall in love with you like never before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That our hearts will desire you more like never before. Please, Father. Thank you so much, God. Please move me aside, God. I praise you, God. I worship you. And I pray this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Church, good morning to you all. Good morning, good morning. You know, if you think about God... Think about how amazing God is. Do you think that God dreams? Yeah. Yeah. Because we all dream, right? Yeah. Yeah. So since we're made in the image of God, if we dream, that means God dreams. And so today I wanna I wanna really paint a picture to you of what God's dream is. And what God's dream is, and if that dream is your dream. For you to leave this room today thinking, wow, is God's dream my dream? And then if that is your dream already, amen. That means I want to encourage you to keep that dream going on. But if it's not your dream, leave this room today pondering, how can I make God's dream my dream? If you can, you have a Bible, turn to John 17. You know, we are the International Christian Church. Yes. And we know we, we love the Bible, don't we? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, we, we, we are really a Bible church because, hey, there's no better way to confirm God's word than reading this Bible. Amen? Yeah. And since we're a Bible church, one of our very core convictions is hey, when the Bible says something about an issue, what do we do? We just do it. Yeah. 
But the Bible is very silent about that issue. We're like, huh, what do we really do, actually? No, no, we're, we're like, how do I, you know, and then you start scratching your head, you're like wondering, you know, what do I do now in this situation? But hey, as long as it doesn't contradict God's word, we have the freedom to do it. Amen? Yeah. And in that Bible church, we are actually disciples. Who loves being a disciple? You know, well, I mean, it is amazing to truly be a disciple of Jesus because there is no other person we can follow in life who will give us true life than Jesus himself. Amen? Yeah. And in that church of disciples, we really love each other so much that we even spend so much time with each other. <laughs> you know, those of you who like being one another, we like grooming one another. You know, we're like the serve ants, grooming one another. You know, we all know what an ant does, right? Ants, they come together and all they do is they really clean each other. They really clean one another to make one another radiant. And so in the church of disciples, we really disciple one another. That means we make one another like Jesus. Amen. That's special. You go out in the world and someone says, let me help you to be like Jesus. And you don't see that anywhere else in the world, but in God's church. Amen? Amen. And so with that goal in mind that God has given us the Bible to make us disciples of Jesus, we have one dream. And that dream is to evangelize this world in our generation. What does that mean? That every single person in this world has an opportunity to know who Jesus is, what he did for them, and what God calls them to do also. Amen? And so my my sermon for you today is titled, Living the Dream. Are you living the dream? And what dream are you actually living? Are you living your dream? Or are you living God's dream? What dream lasts forever? What dream becomes a nightmare? What dream takes you forward? What dream pulls you back? What dream keeps you stagnant? What dream gives you a future of hope? With love, faith. In John 17, we'll see where I believe it's a great indication of God's dream. Amen? I want you guys to engage with me today. So that way, I don't want to preach to a crowd that's sleeping. <laughs> so if I say amen, I really would appreciate an amen back. Amen? amen. Hey, come on, guys. You guys are engaging right now. You know, I want a crowd that's really like fight up for God's word. I mean, it's God's word. It's not like we're watching uh, Toy Story 2 or something. <laughs> you know, it's not watching like a movie scene that was, you know, very drastic. We're reading God's powerful word. Amen? amen? So in John 17, let's see in John 17 what Jesus has to say to you today. In verse 20, it says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Let's pause right there for a second. Jesus is praying here, I believe, the greatest prayer anybody has ever prayed in life. The prayer of being unified in Jesus Christ. The prayer that he says, I want them to be in me as I am in you. Think about that for a second. Jesus prays, I want Annie to be in me the way I am in you. Think about that. How do you think Jesus is in God? That's like the perfect relationship ever. It's like, it's like the best relationship you can ever imagine. Those of you who have girlfriends or boyfriends or dating in a pure way, hopefully, and those of you who are married, you know what it means to be in a relationship. 
You, is that always perfect? No. no. <laughs> but Jesus says, Look, I want them to be in me so that I can, they can be perfect with me and I am with you. I believe that's a perfect trinity. That God says, God, Jesus, and you. Isn't that awesome? But it comes to one thing it says, Believe in the message. In verse 22, it says, I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may also be one as we are one. It keeps saying it. I in them, and you and me, so that they may be what? Brought to what? Complete unity. Are you guys ready with me? Does it say complete disunity in your Bible? No. Does it say incomplete unity? No. Does it say unity that is like completion? (laughs) Does it say completeness in something else? Complete unity, right? Yeah. You should check it in the same Bible, amen? (laughs) Then the world will know. It says, hey, because of your unity with me and one another, the whole world will know that you sent me and I've loved them even as you have loved me. Wow. What does Jesus say again? He says, hey, the same way he's going to love everyone is the same way God loves him. Isn't that right? That's crazy. Perfect love. The same way God loved Jesus to love the world. What did God do? Gave up his son. What did Jesus do? Give up himself for us. What do we need to do? Give up ourselves also. Which is perfect love. And we have this perfect trinity because God wants everyone in the world. God's dream is for everyone in the world. You in this room, whether you're young, old, whatever, you're mature, you have gray hair, you have black hair, you're, you're blonde, it doesn't matter where you're from. Everyone to come to complete, perfect unity. But think about that for a second. Is that going well? So what happened to this prayer? What is the issue? Mm, what is the issue behind that uh, Jesus prayed this prayer, but we don't see that complete unity? Even in this room right now, you might feel like, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if I want to be here. Let's just be honest. If you're thinking, I raise your hand. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, God is like, I want this perfect unity to happen. But it's one issue. We forget the dream. What did Martin Luther King say? I have a dream. He says he had a dream. But guess who had a dream before Martin Luther King? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus had a dream. <laughs> Jesus' dream was way before even Martin said I had a dream. Jesus had a dream before we were born. Look what it says there in verse 24. It says, Father, I want those you give me to build me where I am to see my glory. Imagine you see Jesus' glory. Paint a picture. Have you ever seen, you're, you're in your sleep, you're dreaming, and then this radiant figure pops up to you. Shining. You cannot see what it is. That's how it means to see God's glory. The glory you've given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, through the world, though the world doesn't know you, I know you. And they know that you've sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make them known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and I myself may be in them. And the church said? Amen. Amen. You might not know God in this room today. Guess who knows God? Jesus. You might wonder, wow, I wonder if God exists. Guess who knows God exists? Jesus. You might wonder, wow, I don't believe these guys. Well, you don't have to believe us. Believe Jesus. Jesus is the only way 
to know who God is. Amen? Amen. So I tell you today, time to live the dream. What kind of dreams do you have? You know, a guy once said, I am sick of following my dreams. Uh (laughs) I'm just going to ask where they're going to, where they're going to, so I'll join them there later. <laughs> it's like the dream is always going somewhere else. I just need to catch up with my dream. It's always going somewhere. You know, another guy said the reason they call it the American dream is because you have to, to be asleep to believe it. Wow. <laughs> another guy said all men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their mind wake up in the day to find that their dream was just vanity, pointless. But the dreamers of the day are dangerous men. For they act on their dreams with their eyes open to make them possible. Question, are you living your dream? And what dream is that? I want to show you today that the dream you have to live is God's dream. Amen? Amen. Luke 14, that's what the Bible says there in Luke chapter 4. When you get, get, get a glory, when you get there? Luke 4. Glory. That was fast, bro. Luke 4. Glory. Glory. General glory. Glory. You know, the guy once said that everyone told me to follow my dream, so I went back to bed. <laughs> What was the dream in bed? So he went back to bed. (laughs) In Luke 4, that's what the Bible says there in Luke 4. It says in verse verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. (coughs) What power do you have right now with you? Mm. Is it God's power or are you relying on your own power? Yeah. Because one power will burn out, one power stays alive forever. Okay. God's power always stays alive. Yeah. When you burn out, God's power will keep you going. It says, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in the synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to, the, to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the day, on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Let's pause right there for a second. Imagine God was in this room right now. Jesus was here. And he gets up. And he picks up the Bible. And he reads it. And he says afterwards, in verse 20. In verse 21, he began by saying, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Wow. You have like, ooh, moments. Jesus is in your very midst. And he says, I have come to proclaim the good news to the poor. You might be here right now and be poor spiritually. What does it mean to be poor spiritually? That your spiritual life is non-existent. That there's no relationship between you and Jesus. Or even though there is, it's on a very low key. 
Whereby it's like, you know, you can't even compare this relationship with your father or your mother. But Jesus says, I've come to proclaim the good news that will make you rich in spirit. Yeah. He said, to set you free from imprisonment. What sets us, what, what are we imprisoned in? Sin. Sin. I think about my life. I was imprisoned in sexual immorality from when I was 16 to 28 years old. My biggest dream was to have a list of all the women I ever sleep with in different races. That was my dream. That was my dream. That you could take off a list. Oh, yeah, okay. Asian. <coughs> African-American. African. European. That was my dream. What a wicked dream to have. That's a very wicked thing. And sometimes you might think like, well, that's me, but what about your dream? What dreams do you have that are ungodly? But you know what Jesus says? I've come to set you free. Because sometimes those dreams we have are because of the conditioning we were brought up in. And he says, he sent me to proclaim freedom to prisoners to recover your sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. How free are you today? Because your dreams determine how free you are. Are you reading me? Come on, tell me one. In verse 20, he says, Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it to the attendant and sat down. Verse, 20, verse 22. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. You see, when we see Jesus, sometimes we think of him as just a mere man. Even these people here, so it's just, just a mere man. Mm. So it is not surprising for us to think nowadays when someone says, Jesus was just a mere man. Because back then, they also were just a mere man. But look at what it says. <laughs> In verse 24, truly I tell you, it continued, no prophet is accepted in his own town. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to pray for the, to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And in verse 27, and there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elijah the prophet. Yet not one of them was claimed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right straight through the crowd and went on his way. And the church said, Amen. I mean, he's just like, whoa, that's the war. He's like, wow. <laughs> Jesus is like, Matrix movie right now. <laughs> it's like you're in a Matrix movie and there's a bullet coming. It's like, <laughs> and he just walks straight to the ground. Isn't this slick? I put it in my Bible, slick. <laughs> I'm like reading. It's like, whoa. When I read it for the first time, I was like, are you serious? Is this in the Bible? You know, we think the Bible is so boring sometimes. But when actually, when you read it, you're like, man. When you imagine how that must have been, yeah. you see Jesus standing there. He's preaching the word. It's really controversial. And everyone's around him like, we're going to kill you now. And it's like, <laughs> how bold is Jesus? Man! Jesus is awesome, guys. Amen? Come on, amen. Jesus is awesome. Say that again. Jesus, Jesus is awesome. awesome. Wow. But what is Jesus doing here? Why is he doing what he's doing? Because he had a dream. God's dream that every single person in the world will be set free that every single person in the world 
will become wide eyes open. That every single person in the world would be rich spiritually. We're not a prosperity church, amen? No. But once you prosper in your spirituality, amen? Mm-hmm. Not, not financially, but spiritually. So I've got two points for you today. Come on, Tommy. Point number one catch the dream. Catch the dream. Point number two. Oh, I don't want to keep you long. Fight to keep the dream alive. Who is saying Kung Fu Panda? Yeah, I love it. Who loves Kung Fu Panda? Yeah? I mean, only on, on this side. Only on this side. Only on this side. Men know this like a... No way. Where's the parents? You, you, you just went Kung Fu a while ago. That's why I don't... That's... Oh! So in Kung Fu Panda, you know what? What was the first scene of the first movie? Who knows what that movie was? The first scene. Oh, it was in the chicken shop. It was what? Eating noodles. Mm-hmm. Close. Oh, oh, he was having a dream. He was having a dream. <laughs> <laughs> but how was... Oh, you guys... No, no, no. Jamie, you have a kid now. You should watch Kung Fu Panda with your kids. It's really awesome. I like and, I, and I saw and I was looking at it. And the dream that, that Poe... I think it's Poe. Poe had was so amazing. And he's in his dream. The first thing is in the dream. He has this hat, like this Asian hat. He has a sword, and he's and he's like this this very you know like this this uh, this Asian attire that he got. And he's so slick, just walking like a panda, like. And he's saying, and he said something. He said, he was a legendary warrior. He says there is no chance to my awesomeness. <laughs> And it says his enemies were blinded by his awesomeness. And, he, and the enemies were all there, and he sat down at the table eating like this, uh, this dumplings. And he sat down there, and the enemies come and says, I'm gonna, What are you eating with all this dumpling? I'm going to put my fist in your mouth. And he says, Really? <laughs> and then he gets up, hit the table away. And he starts fighting everyone and destroying everyone. It's like, oh, this guy, the, the fastest panda in the world. Which is an irony in the course. <laughs> and, and, he, and he wins the battle in his dream. Mm. And then what happens? He falls to real life. Ah! And he wakes up in his noodle shop. <laughs> but what is key about this dream? This dream wasn't just a dream. It became a reality. The panda became a legendary warrior. He became a furious fighter called the dragon warrior. Wow, think about this. If a panda can have a kind of dream, what are you dreaming about? Let's just be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just a panda. What about what about us human beings? What is your dream? Are you dreaming about no oh, man? I'm gonna go save lives. Oh, let's go. Or are you more like? Just gonna have a quiet night. Just go to church. Mm. It's quite boring, isn't it? Yeah. Guys. Time to dream! Come on! Come on Time to dream! Don't be a panda, be a son and daughter of God. Amen? Amen. Let's go to Mark chapter 1. Mark 1. We see there what the Bible says about the dream of Jesus. Come on, tell me about And let's see how God allows Jesus to activate the dream in everyone else around him. You know, I live in the Caribbean. And in the Caribbean, we see we used to sit down. On the, we used to have this special place. We'd go down and watch the the sunset 
and we're bringing our barbecue with this Ford F-150 at this Ford F-150 very old like the, the, the exhaust pipe was falling off but it was still very very internet, you know, retro kind of cool Ford F-150 and it's Caribbean everything is cool in the Caribbean right. no matter how old it is it's still cool I'm right, right Kiefer? that's right that's right <laughs> Caribbean. Caribbean everything is cool and it's old it's still wow that's stylish yeah I like that and you get, the sun gives everything color yeah. Makes everything look special all of a sudden. Mm. And then if you if you run an F one fifty now in London, you'll get pulled over. <laughs> in Mark one we see that what in the Caribbean that I learned is that when you light a barbecue and one coal catches fire, the others need to catch fire. Yeah. And if they don't catch fire, that means they're either wet or that coal isn't really on fire. Mark chapter one. In verse fourteen. It says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus says, wait, 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 wait. Before I want to inspire you, I want to challenge you. Jesus doesn't come and say, oh, you know, I've got this great deal for you, so let's do this. You know, why don't you, why don't I do this for you, do this for me? Jesus says, no. You change. And believe the good news. And then after, I will expire you. Look at what it says in verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting net into the lake, for they were fishermen. In verse 17 it says, Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. And church said, Amen. Amen. What do we see here? Jesus says, repent, believe the good news, and follow him. Yeah. Three basic, quite, quite basic instructions, actually. Yeah. But why is it so difficult to practice in reality? Because who likes repentance, really? Mm. In all honesty, who likes repentance? Yeah. Mm. Because what does repentance mean? It means you have to change. Change. Yeah. change. But change is not nice, because that means you have to... Let go of the things you're always doing. Oh no, but I like it so much. Yeah, I know. But you know what? I got a better dream for you. So let's go the other way. Okay. <laughs> and sometimes that's what we say all the time. So, okay, okay, Jesus, okay, I'm going to go this way. <laughs> but it says repent and believe the good news. Because the good news is, actually the good news, the way we're going was the bad news. Yeah. This way now is the good news. Yeah. And so Jesus says, repent, believe goodness, and then follow me. What did he say? When he said this, how many followed him? Four. James and John, Andrew, and Simon. Four guys followed him. That's what happens after those four. Keep going. We go to Luke 6. Luke chapter 6. I want to show you guys a trend here of what it means to catch the dream. Okay. Luke 6. In verse 12. <laughs> we see there in verse 12 it says, one of those days, you know, one of, you have one of those days? There's one of those days where things are going well for you and things are not going well for you. But you know what you do on one of those days? You pray. Yeah. <laughs> one of those days, you just went to my side to do what? Yeah. To pray. And spend the night praying to God. Just one last question. When was the last time you had an all-night prayer on your own? 
Think about that for a second. On your own. No one calling you for a prayer play. On your own. This is quite, this is quite interesting here. The wise is just doing this. Look what he says. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he had designated apostles. Jesus is trying to catch 12 guys on fire right now. He's going to say, oh wait, I want to choose 12 people. How many of us are in this room today? One, two, three, four, five, six, one of 12. And it's like Jesus prayed all night for you all to catch a dream. How would that look like? He went to the mountainside. I'm going to pray for these 12 guys. Because I'm about to give them a dream. A dream that would change their lives. And a dream that would be used to change the entire world. That is worth praying all night for. Question is, shouldn't we pray all night for this world to be saved? London is living, we're living in a city where we have the highest amount of bitterness in the world, but also the highest amount of depression. Yeah. London is the loneliest city in the world. Yeah. People are committing suicide almost every second in this city. Wow. But Jesus says, let's pray for them. The dream came from one man, Jesus. Yeah. That man became a message. That message became a, a movement. And that movement started with just him alone. One man. Going to, to five people and now twelve. God's dream is what unifies us together. Yeah. Question, what kind of dreams do you have on your heart right now? You know what I did? You know what I always do? Tell us. I, told, I wrote it down for you guys. <laughs> I, I, so I was thinking, well, what, what, is, what is Jamie's dream? Hmm, what is that? What is Keeper's dream? I wasn't there, but I think I can sense what she's dreaming about. <laughs> what is Menno's dream? What is Ramon's dream? What is Mark's dream? Hmm. So, guess how many dreams you have as a human being every year? Guess. Let me get some numbers. 500? Too low. Too low. Way too low. 10,000. Oh, that's 12. 1,000. Close? 1,200. Closer. 1,500. Very close. 1,460. 1,460. Quite precise, though. I don't know how they measure that, but anyway, it's statistics. You have almost 1,500 dreams every year. That's four dreams every night. Do you remember your dreams every night? No. No. But guess what? There are 10 top dreams we all dream. First one is, you guys know this one. Falling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When you're in your bed, like, oh, yeah. you felt like you're falling in your dream. You're like, what happened here? You know, in the last, in the last week, I was in bed and I felt like I was. And it happens when you're just about to fall asleep, and then you're like, fall. <laughs> but you know what God says? God says, fall in love with me. God says, don't fall. They just fall in love with me. Because actually, really, your real issue with falling is because you don't want to lose control. God says, get rid of your control. I am in charge. Mm-hmm. Second dream is, you know, where are the Africans in the house? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, this dream is, I think, more for Africans. So, like, the dream is being chased. Yeah. Being chased in your dream. Loads. <laughs> being chased in your dream. Hey, but, but the real issue is, hey, who are you running from? Or what are you running to? Like, I just can't keep the mention today. Are you running to God? Third 
dream. This is a very funny one, and I experienced it before. Being nude in a room full of people. Oh. That's a dream people have. Like, why? Because it's embarrassing. It's the biggest fear, it's a disgust. And I remember one day. I had it tonight. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Well, and what, I remember one day I, was, I used to work in the Netherlands, and I sat down and I went to the, to the, to the toilet, and I, and I forgot to close the door. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's very embarrassing. Very embarrassing. And your colleague comes in. And you have this upward look. <laughs> that upward look that's like. I forgot to lock the door. And he's like. I didn't lock the door. <laughs> Like, that was the reality for me. I was like, and I saw this guy almost every day. Yeah. And you know, guess what? We never spoke about it. Oh. It's because they're like, hey, sorry about that. No, it's like, no. I didn't say anything. You didn't say anything. Oh, what is the dream? The dream of flying. Yeah, oh, and I fly all the time. We fly all the time. But God says, be free. Be free. I want to set you free. The dream of sexual desires. This is one that is really rampant in our world nowadays. Mm. Whereby we're wishing for an intimacy in our dream, whereby that dream becomes goes all the way to the extreme mm-hmm. and it's very vile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know the, the deep desire in there every every human being is a connection with God. Mm. It's an intimacy with God. Like mm. I want to be close to you, God. It's such an unfulfilled love. And what do we do? We replace that relationship with five images in our minds. Mm. Where are we dreams of dying? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's when, when I was a kid. I dreamt of dying. I always dreamt of how, how I would look when I died. How I would come out of my body and look at myself dead. Kind of very. <laughs> I used to dream my mother as a kid. Mm. Yeah. But you know what God says? Yeah. Die. Die. Die to yourself. Mm. Be reborn. Start a new life. Seven dream people. Dream about people in your dreams. The question is, are you dreaming about them to be saved? This is, this is a very funny one. The dream of tests. Failing a test. Then you're always dreading that, that driving test or the exams you're going to fail. But you know what God says? Don't be afraid. Read my Bible and you pass the test. Amen? <laughs> if the, the ninth one is the dream of traveling. Traveling from place to place. You like to without traveling? Yeah. 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 But you know what God says? Yeah. Stop traveling around. Focus on me and I'll move from place to place. Amen? <laughs> and this is, the, this, is the, this, is the, this is the scariest one. The fear of being in a car without control. Oh. Hillary's used to that most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> you have, you're, you're in that car and you don't know how it's being controlled. Yeah. But you know what God says? Never mind. I'm in the driver's seat. You just move aside. <laughs> Question is, where is God for you? Have you put God in the back seat? Is he in the trunk? Is he? Have you driven past him? Is he on the, on the side? Is he in the back seat? Or maybe you've actually just kicked him out out of your car. <laughs> Which one is it? Which one is your dream? Is God's dream your dream? Look what happens in Luke 10. I'm taking you guys for a journey of dreams. Come on. Luke 10. 
In verse 1. From one man, a dream started. That dream became a message. Became a movement. Let's see now how that increases in Luke 10. In verse 1. After the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lamb among wolves. And this is amazing. God chooses from one man, five, four, four joining. From four, they become 12. From 12, they become 72 men. What are they doing? These guys are catching the dream. The question is, how have you caught the dream? If you're here with us for the first time or second time, I want to really ask you, have you really made a conscious decision to really live the dream? God's dream. Not your dream. Your dream will only lead you to wanting more dreams. God's dream is fulfilling. You never want anything else. You guys with me? Yeah. And we see there, in verse 16, what happens when they were sent out. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. Whoever rejects me, rejects him, who sent me. <coughs> in verse 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. It's powerful. It says that they went out with a dream of Jesus and even demons submitted to them. You see, when you go out with God's dream, everything will fall at your feet. But if it's just your dream, yeah, what power do you have? Mm-hmm. No power. Mm-hmm. Your dream is just, yeah, it's just you. But if you have God's dream, the creator of the world in your heart, oh my goodness, demons will submit to your dream. Mm-hmm. In verse 18, he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submits to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. Amen. Jesus says, you know what? I know you're happy right now, but don't be happy because of that. Be happy because you're going to heaven. Who wants to go to heaven? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to heaven, yeah. I become a disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Time to say, you know what? I want to replace my dream with an American African, Asian, Jamaican, whatever. Whatever dream that comes from. African dreams are not really nice dreams, by the way. <laughs> African dreams are dreams of fleeing. Mm. American dreams are dreams of getting more. Mm. But God's dream is about what you can do. Mm. And God using you to do great things in life. God's dream is the greatest dream. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And we know what happens in Matthew 28. Three years later, God said to the twelve, He says, Now go. Mm-hmm. After you cut them on fire, it's like, Now you guys are ready. Now go into the whole world and evangelize all single souls. Mm-hmm. This guy's called the dream. Would you say that? You called the dream? Yeah. yeah. How do we know that? John 4. Come on, Tommy. How do we know they called the dream? It's kind of a Bible study today, but it's revealed to you. The scriptures, very clearly. John 4 and verse 1 says, Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Woo! 
com- competition right there. <laughs> Although, in fact, it was not Jesus baptized, but who? His disciples. But his disciples. You see, when you cut the dream of Jesus, you would do what Jesus did. So the question to ask yourself is, am I doing what Jesus did? In all honesty. It's a very simple question. Am I doing what Jesus did? If I am, amen to God be the glory. If I'm not, amen, let's change. It's very simple. So that I can know that I have God's dream in my heart. Point number two. Fight to keep the dream alive. You know, before even going to this point, those of you who read the book of Acts, you know that in, in Acts 1, we see that from one man it increased to how many? 120 disciples. In Acts 2, it became 3,120. In Acts 4, 5,000 men were added. So in a sense, the Bible only says men at that stage. So they guess they were women because they might have been married or they, had, you know, they were dating or they had a brother or a sister. Maybe like 10,000 of them were added at that point. In Acts 6, the Bible says there was a rapid increase. In Acts 11, the church in Antioch was said to actually be, have had 30,000 to 4,000 disciples. It's crazy. What do you say they called the dream? They totally called the dream right there. In Acts 17, the Bible says that these men have come to us and they've turned the world upside down. Did they catch the dream? Totally. And in Colossians 1, what does it say? Let's go there. Colossians 1, verse 23. Let's, be, let's see what the Bible says about catching the dream. Colossians 1, verse 23. It says, If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard, and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Paul says, guys, don't worry. At 69 AD, we cut the dream. We made sure that every single creature under heaven heard about Jesus. Amen. But now we live in our generation, 20, 21st century. How many of us know about Jesus? How many of us are obeying Jesus? God says, it is time to catch the dream. Time to catch the dream. But there's one issue that really stops us from catching the dream. What is the issue? Insecurity. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, now let's go to that area. So now I'll show you guys what the dream is. Now let's talk about you. <laughs> this is the area that I, that's going to be now a bit more touchy, guys. Amen? You guys ready for this? You ready? Warm it up. Ready, 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 ready. Yeah. Insecurity. Who's feeling insecure right now? I feel insecure all the time. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, God, please help me. I don't know what to say. Please help me to say what the, I'm, 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 I'm like always insecure. And my pride comes out in my insecurity also. I'm like, oh, no. That's me. And what about you? But insecurity about what? God's love. Some of us don't really know that God loves us. To be honest, some of us don't really know in our heart that God loves us. Some of us don't know that, that even though our relationships might not depend on what we do, it's dependent on our love. Our identity, we're insecure about our identity. Who are we? Are you guys with me today? Yeah. 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 But you know what in the first century church, how did they overcome that? Through their worship. 
through their worship, because their worship made them focus on God alone. I believe your worship is your warship. The ship you get on to go to war. That is what your worship is. And let's see what in Luke 3 the Bible says there. Let's bring us to a close right now. How do we see, how did Jesus, I mean Jesus had that dream. And he caught other people on fire by that dream. How did he do that? Luke 3. We see the, the secret that Jesus had there. And you guys must have read this a million times. But now let's see what the millions and one time will help you today. In verse 21. You know, a guy once said, I slept like a log last night and I woke up in the fireplace. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't good, Jamie? You told me to talk about You know, a, a guy got a place uh, in a movie, and and his role was to play sleeping. And he says, "That was my dream job." <laughs> dream. Yeah, dream job. <laughs> Just sleeping. You guys get it? Dream job. Everyone yeah, get it? Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Who job was that? Man, I was like, bro, don't tell me that joke that way, bro. Oh, let's go to let's go to Luke, Luke three, guys. Let's see what the Bible says there, in verse twenty-one. It says, "When all the people were ba- were being baptized, Jesus was baptized." Amen. Amen. You know, we gotta be baptized also. We, we don't baptize ourselves. Disciples baptize yes. disciples. Amen? Amen. And as he was praying, heaven was what opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a what dove, as the descendant of our church, dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Jesus was secure in who he was. Are you secure in who you are? He says, you are my son. Imagine if God Almighty says, you are my son. You are my daughter. Whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. I want to inspire you today. It's not be insecure about who you are. Because what does this do? It kills the dream. It kills the dream. It kills God's dream coming to life in you. Jesus was so confident in who he was. I really look forward to you guys. Did that look like someone who was insecure? He just got up, read the scriptures, sat down. What did he do? Watch the crowds like, I don't care. I'm controversial because I've got a dream. When someone has a dream, it will go to the very end of this world to make that dream a reality. Mm-hmm. But if it's your dream alone, you will move further. But if it's God's dream, you have the power of the Spirit of God to keep that dream alive. Mm-hmm. Chapter 4. In verse 1. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, led the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. You know, some of us leave the house without the Spirit. Do you leave the house without a quiet time? Do you leave your house without having spending time with God in the morning? Because it says he ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. 
I'm not going to pass also to lose some weight, amen? And quite another one. I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to lose weight, you know. But as we got to be honest, let's be fit. God, Jesus, Jesus was fit. Yeah. We got to be fit. Jesus, I mean, it's not just, you know, fitness first, it wants to be fit. Jesus was fit first. Yeah. Hmm. If God is fit, I don't see, like, I'm sure God has six packs. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, God is so like, like, wow, God must be awesome in appearance. <laughs> That's God. But we can also be like God, amen? Amen. In verse 3, they will say to him, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. <laughs> Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. For those who are Dutch, they're like, no way, bread? Oh, man, bread, bread. Man, I should not live on bread alone. I want to live on bread alone. Yeah. In verse 5, my wife says, yeah. In verse 5, the devil led him to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. They said to him, I will give you all the authority and splendor that has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will be yours. Wow. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. In verse 9, The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, it said, Throw yourself down from here. For it is written, It will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to test. When the devil had finished all his tempting, they left him in an, until an opportune time. And the church said? Amen. What do we see here? Jesus being tempted with the three ifs. When someone says if to you, what is that person doing? Doubting you. Trying to bring you down. If you are that awesome, mm. if you are this, if you really say you are who you are, yeah. do this. Trying to undermine who you are. Yeah. And let's be honest. Some of us wake up every morning and we feel undermined already. Mm. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. You wake up defeated already. You wake up and you feel like, I just don't want to get up. I don't want to go out. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do anything. I don't feel like, I don't know. Make up sluggish. Mm. But look at Jesus here. 40 days being tested. Mm. No food. Mm. Everyone's falling, dying. <coughs> and Satan comes to him and says, Huh? <coughs> you are the same God. Tell the stones to turn to bread. The mm. perfect time that is weak. <coughs> what does Jesus say? Man, so they can bread alone. I want to encourage you to know that, wow, Jesus didn't let anything steal the dream. Yeah. Mm. Nothing can kill the dream in you. Only you can allow the dream to be killed. Wow. Only you. It's, it's so powerful because it, there are three things Jesus, that Satan focuses on here. He says the aspects of testing God, the aspect of worship. And the aspect of power. These are three things that we all struggle with. 
oh, but there's God, but what if I get bad? I'm like, man, I mean, God will take care of me, right? Oh, but if I do this, oh, why don't I? You have this inner conversation that yeah. make you rationalize yeah. what you should do. Right. Also, even the aspect of worshiping, like, yeah, you know, I can do it this way, I can worship God and worship something else. Oh, well, what about, what about, yeah, well, man, it can give me this, it can give me that. And you start thinking about strange things. And what Satan's doing is actually just bringing you down. Yeah. Yep. So you have no power to fulfill the dream God has for you. So how do we overcome this? Being secure. Being secure. Secure in the fact that God loves you. Secure in the fact that, hey, when I pray and sing, I'm worshiping my God and God alone. Secure in the fact that I have the Word of God with me. And when I open the Word of God, there's power in the Word of God. Secure in the fact that, hey, the Spirit of God dwells in me and I can do anything. I can go anywhere. I can give up everything for the Lord Jesus. I tell you today, seriously, that for us to keep God's human life, we must be like Jesus. For us to keep God's human life, we must see, hey, He did not let Satan take out the dream in him. So how will you let Satan take out the dream in you? You are more than a panda. (laughs) <laughs> you are way more worth than a panda you are made in the image of God yeah. I want to inspire you today the dream that I just showed you guys all the way going on through the Bible is still alive today but it's not up to us to keep that dream alive yeah. to really keep it alive and you say you know what never will Satan take out the dream in me and if you don't have the dream yet, you know what? Say, I want to know this dream properly. I want to be a disciple who makes this dream deep down in my heart. God, deep down in my heart. So that I can really be able to stay committed forever. And even though you're a disciple already, you're thinking, I doubt this dream. Yeah, you might be thinking that. I doubt if I can do this dream because I'm insecure. But guess what? God is your security, nothing else. You're actually really insecure. That's true. But now you're secure in God. Are you guys with me? Amen. There are four ways, write this down, to make sure you keep that dream alive. First one, prayer and singing. I keep saying it every day, every week. If you're not praying and singing, that dream will die. How do you pray and sing? I believe singing is your war cry. Prayer is your war cry. Mm-hmm. You guys, who knows what the Roman Beritus is? Sorry. The Roman Beritus. It was literally a war cry by the Romans. Mm-hmm. When they were going to battle with the enemies, what would they do? <clears throat> they had this clamor that they made, and they would have their shield up against them. All of them in one line, tied up against one another, so close that there's no space in between them. And what would they do? They would lift up their shields, and it would be amplifiers, and they would clamor under their shields. Oh! <laughs> Imagine if you were in a battle line against the Romans, and all of them were standing before you, and before they came to fight you, all they did was shout. Oh, <laughs> you'll be, you'll be like, <clears throat> just. We just surrender. <laughs> I mean, we, we cannot even beat you in your clam already. No. How was your battle cry in the morning? Are you in a battle cry? Or are you in a battle sleep? 
Mm. I want to inspire you to know that, hey, prayer and singing is what keeps the dream alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God's love keeps the dream alive. And you're secure that way. No, God loves me. I'm not insecure about that. God loves me. Since he loves me, I'm fine. Whoever likes me doesn't like me, I don't care. God loves me. I'm done. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Because why is it so powerful? Because this is the creator of the world and he loves you. That's quite special. It's like being loved by Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, no, they don't love my Trump. Or Theresa May. You know, it's like the power, powerful people, when they love you, you should, you should feel like, wow, that's special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So imagine how God loves you. And I, I don't think you understand this. I don't think you, I'm, I'm looking at your face and it's like, imagine God loves you. Yeah. This is the creator of the, of the heavens and earth. He, he just made heaven with his own, just spoke into existence. He just, like, let there be this. Stuff like power. And that, God loves you. That should blow your mind. Third thing, the Spirit of God. If you're not a baptized disciple, I want to inspire you. Become a baptized disciple. Because that's when God's Spirit can really work in you. Yeah. And fourthly, the Word of God. And if you put all this together, you are protected tree of prayer and singing. You are motivated by God's love. You are empowered by God's spirit. And you are guided by God's word to keep that dream alive. Amen. I want to inspire you to say that God has a dream. And that dream is to become alive by us. To know that, hey, that dream is to go to the rest of the world to save as many as possible. But that dream now is in your hands. Are you keeping it alive? Please do keep it alive. To God be the glory. Amen. Thank you very much for coming on. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one